every doubt-filled moment that you have is not an invitation to need to have the answers. This stage is for opening wide to the questions, for living into possibility, for expanding into larger spaces. When we hear doubt, this could be a time of opening. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, hello, it's your gal Carly. Just wanted to give a quick hello because I am about to spend four days babysitting my two toddler nephews. So A, if you don't hear from me by next week, send help. (laughs) I'm probably passed out somewhere from exhaustion with Cheerios stuck to my face. And B, I'm reminded as I think about my nephews and I started packing to see them today of the ways they create things when they're so young, how they just pick up a crayon and draw. They don't lean back and wonder if they have the right color crayon and they don't hold up the paper and consider if they really know what they're doing or tell themselves that the picture has to turn out a certain way. They just draw or dance or in my youngest nephew's case, run towards a flight of stairs. In other words, they don't doubt themselves. But you know who does doubt? Me, and probably you, and pretty much all adult human beings, especially high achievers who want to do good work and good things in the world. And we need some doubt. It keeps us safe. Like I can't wait until my youngest nephew doubts whether or not he should go head first down the slide. (laughs) That would be great. But the thing about doubt is that it can also act like a roadblock. It can be self-sabotage that prevents us from doing what we really care about if it goes unchecked. So check out this real world example that a really powerful client of mine sent my way a few weeks ago because it spurred a series of important conversations with my clients about the nature of doubt. She said, I just watched Elizabeth Gilbert's TED Talk where she talks about finding your home and letting that be your compass both through success and failures. And it was really thought-provoking for me. It got me thinking, yeah, what's my home? What is the thing that I want to keep coming back to because it provides me so much joy and satisfaction and nourishment for my soul that I can withstand the inevitable ups and downs? But at the moment, I feel a little lost about what that is. And to be honest, it's kind of rocking my world. And it has me here sitting in a puddle of tears. Carly, is it normal to have these moments of doubt? How can I distinguish between shiny object or the next best thing syndrome and really honing in on what's right and true? There are days when I feel so clear and others when I feel a bit aimless. And full disclosure, it's been a hell of a week. I've been feeling like the universe is just not working in my favor and I want so badly to take control and be purposeful in my plan for moving forward. Mm. Wow, we could talk about just this statement for a long time. And I just want to say right off the top, the episode, the TED Talk that she references that Elizabeth Gilbert did about finding your home is a phenomenal, short and really impactful talk. Go watch that. But to answer her question shortly, is it normal to have these moments of doubt? 
Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the short answer. But what do we do about that when doubt comes calling? How do we not get paralyzed by worry or fear or just not knowing what's going to come next, right? That's what I am more interested in. So that is exactly what we're going to cover on this episode. I'm going to take you through the five steps that transform doubt into power, clarity, and confidence. So you can tell your doubt, hop in the back seat and listen up because you are about to take the wheel and drive. Now we know doubt is often an internal kind of conversation. Nobody else might even know the doubt that you're wrestling with. And this is really common for high achievers because you're the go-to person for everybody. People come to you for advice all the time and you may or may not have a place where you get to share what's vulnerable and what you're wondering about or unsure about. So you know how at the top of every episode, I give a shout out to somebody who's left me comment on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And by the way, keep doing that. I love giving shout outs. I want you to be the next person. Today, I'm going to give a shout out to the women that nobody even knows about. The women that have been slipping me secret notes at meetings or DMs or private messages into my inbox who are telling me things like, hey, Carly. Last week, I started to get a migraine at work. I closed my office door for an hour, took a nap, and not only did my world not fall apart, but I felt better afterwards. Thank you so much for your podcast. Or I had another woman write me a handwritten note and make sure that it got into my hands and it just said, hey, I just got back from a huge work trip. I took an overnight red-eye flight. I was expected to be back in the office that morning after not having any sleep, and I called an audible. I decided I would go home and get the sleep I needed, and you know what? Nobody else cared. It was totally fine, and I felt better all week long. You women, you're my heroes. It's this small stuff, right? It's these things that are going on behind the scenes that don't look big and fancy to anybody that make all the difference in the world. So if you're out there taking five minute breaks for yourself just to catch your breath, I am so there with you. This is how it begins. Radical change starts in these quiet, unassuming moments that nobody else even needs to know about. But if you do want to share it with someone, share it with me because you know I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> so with no further ado, Let's start to talk about this whole territory of doubt. And you might remember from episode three, when we talked about the phases of growth and success, that they are like seasons. And if you haven't heard that episode, you might want to listen after this episode. We talked about how there are these different phases that we go through as we're growing. And I liken them to seasons. There's a woman named Kate Northrup, who coined the phrase, the fertile void, right? And it's kind of like the season of winter, the fertile void is a time when we find ourselves in an area of our life thinking, I have no idea what to do next. I have no idea, or I don't even know where to begin, or what's the right next step for me. This is the challenge that comes up in this wintertime, in this fertile void of our growth, is self-doubt. It's wondering, do I have what it takes to navigate through this thing? Or what's wrong with me? Why haven't I figured it all out yet, right? And if any of that sounds familiar, this is the episode for you. So you know how when I referenced how, like my nephews, when a child draws with no expectation of outcome, just to see the colors unfolding on the paper, 
they're being present. They're not needing it to look a certain way. And the coloring, the act of dragging that crayon around the paper begins to take over. See, if we can recognize that we're in the fertile void and that there's nothing wrong with being there, that this is part of growth, then we get to give ourselves over to the creative process of this next step, whether it's in your career or your health, or maybe it's within a relationship. We get to draw right now. The fertile void, this time of self-doubt, is an opportunity for us to slow down, to listen, to play, to experiment, to wonder, and get curious. And that's why we're having all these questions, right? These, all these, what should I be doing? Who am I to want this? Will this work out for me? Will they still love me or relate to me if I do something different? All those questions, they're a form of curiosity. So this is not the stage for answers. Every doubt-filled moment that you have is not an invitation to need to have the answers. This stage is for opening wide to the questions, for living into possibility, for expanding into larger spaces. When we hear doubt, this could be a time of opening. See, Doubt, it gets a bad rep. It's not all bad. While it can be uncomfortable if we don't have a framework for it, it also brings with it great blessings because when doubt arises, we get to cultivate courage or perseverance or asking for help or a deeper connection with ourselves and our own truth. See, doubt is the doorman that opens the gate to our greatness. If we welcome in doubt, it means you are considering a rise, an elevation, and a new level of truth. Date Shilgret wrote, the unknown potential that exists before you begin to create can be paralyzing. There is so much to contend with. So much comes forward to clutter that space. So many fears and doubts appear Impulses of procrastination and resistance can arrive. Thoughts of I can't or I won't can come to overwhelm the open canvas you just unveiled and block the creative impulses. With so much, quote, me in the way, how do you hear what is speaking to you right underneath that, right? I love the way Day has phrased this, and I will make a point to put this quote in the show notes, because the problem here. It's not the doubt. Doubt is not actually the problem. It's the thinking that doubt means something's wrong with you for not having all the answers yet. That's where things get sticky. It's the self-judgment that's getting in the way. So questions that sound like, who am I to be doing this? Am I going to mess this up? What if it doesn't work out? All those questions, they lead you to lies. Lies about yourself and your story. They lead us to thinking about our failures. And we've all had plenty of failures. (laughs) We've all had things that haven't worked out or didn't go the way we wanted or hoped they would. And doubt and the judgment that comes along with that will start getting us thinking that that is what your story has mostly been about and what it will be about again, right? We will begin to believe that there has been more failure than there has been or that there will be more failure than there might be. But the rest of the story, the part of the story that's missing when we're judging ourselves is the part where you have had wins. Right now, 
Like in this moment, I want you to think about a time when you had doubt and yet things worked out. I'll give you an example. One of my clients shared with me that the first time she was offered a big position as a travel nurse, she was really worried about whether or not she could handle it. And she knew she wanted to travel. This was a dream she had for a really long time. But when it was time to pull the trigger, she wondered, what if I don't get along with the new people at the new hospital? What if I don't know their systems? What if it all fails? What if I have to go back to what I was doing for a living? I don't want to have to go back there. Lo and behold, of course, she totally rocked it. (laughs) The new hospital was great. It was not perfect. It didn't go perfectly, but she was able to handle it. And now each time she takes a new position, those same doubts show up but she starts to recognize them. She's able to hear them and not necessarily believe them. So maybe now you've thought about a time when you had doubt and things worked out. Maybe they worked out differently than you thought, but it all worked out anyway. Now I want you to think of another time. When was another time when things worked out, when you were sure they couldn't or that they wouldn't, and they did? And if we had an infinite amount of time right now with a little practice, I bet you could list 10 times where you thought things weren't going to work out and then they did. But what happens when doubt arrives and we try to suffer it alone, when we don't have anybody else to process it with, or we don't have the framework that we're about to go over, we get truth amnesia. We forget about all the times when we were doubtful, but it actually worked out, right? Because once it works out, sometimes we forget we ever doubted that it would. It just seems like, well, yeah, that was the most natural thing to happen, right? So all the pleasant surprises that happened when we didn't know they were coming were real. So the antidote for doubt isn't to play small and shrink And it isn't to avoid it either. It isn't to hear the doubt and ignore it and just push on, right? The antidote to doubt is to welcome it in. It will tell you wild stories about things that may or may not be true, but you can handle it. You are not those thoughts. You are the one hearing them. And you get to decide which of those thoughts you're going to engage with. So when you hear them, that's not a sign that something's wrong with you. It's a sign that you've got a human brain, right? You know how when someone lies to you and you can just feel it, and maybe it's something little, like when my nephew told me the other day that he didn't just hit his brother when clearly I had seen him hit his brother, (laughs) and you feel it, right? You know how your stomach gets tight or your breath gets short? or you feel confused or angry or a little tight in the chest, well, I want you to notice the next time you catch yourself on the doubt train, right? To self-judgment station. Notice how it feels physically in your body. When you're feeling doubtful, does it also feel tight or contracted? Do you feel frustrated or confused? Does your breath get shallow and tense rather than open and relaxed? Or is there some other way your body feels physically? I want you to start to pay attention to that. Because that is your body telling you, this is BS. It's not the full truth. Something about these thoughts of doubt and self-judgment do not sit right with you. And just like your body can tell you sometimes when somebody else is spinning a yarn, that's not true. It can tell when we are not telling ourselves the truth too. So noticing your doubt is the first step and it's huge, right? So in order to shift something, we have to first be aware that it's happening. So noticing your doubt is huge and it's simply an invitation to get back to truth and to begin to ask ourselves a better question. So now we're gonna go over this framework for transforming doubt into confidence 
power, and clarity without having to avoid it, like by welcoming it in, right? Because we don't get brave and confident and clear because things are easy. We get brave and confident and clear because we actually see ourselves rising to the occasion. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. So step one is acknowledging that doubt is in the room. (laughs) That's it. Your first job in transforming doubt is just to acknowledge that it's there because that in and of itself is a win. We can't change something or shift it if we don't realize that it's happening. So acknowledging that you're feeling doubtful, it's a sign of movement. You're not feeling nothing. You're not numb, right? You're actually alive. You're engaging with something here. So step one, we acknowledge that doubt is in the room. Step two, we give ourselves permission to not have the answer on the spot. This one's kind of huge. Permission not to know yet. Permission not to know. So it's rare that the moment that doubt arrives, that we suddenly have all the answers. Most of us need a little time to process, think about things, do some research, try something, wonder for a little bit before we start to come up with solutions. So if we expect the moment we wonder about something to have on the backside of that wondering an immediate solution, that's kind of unrealistic, right? That's immediately setting ourselves up for feeling bad about who we are, when that's not the way the human brain works for most of us. So step two, permission not to know yet. Step three for transforming doubt into power, clarity, and confidence is considering what would help me still the wild clutter of my mind right now. Because if you're hearing all these messy thoughts going on and they're not particularly helpful and they're dragging you from doubt into self-judgment, which isn't very going to elevate you in the direction you want to go, then what would help you still your wild thoughts for a moment, right? So do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to call a friend? Do I need to listen to a certain song? Do I need to get in a hot shower? What needs to happen here, right? Step four is you do that thing. You see, we don't get clear or confident just through our thoughts alone. In fact, it's been proven through some research in the field of positive psychology that there are only two things that boost our sense of self-confidence. And neither one of them is creating affirmations on sticky notes and sticking them around the house or telling yourself a whole bunch of nice things all the time. We actually have to see ourselves take an action step. So it's self-efficacy and self-worth are the two things that help us begin to bolster our confidence and our clarity. So self-efficacy is seeing yourself physically take an action step that is towards the direction you want to go. And so this is where we start. We start right here in the framework. You don't need to have all the answers yet, but you can answer the question, what might help me still these wild thoughts just 3%? And then you actually do that thing. You give yourself the respect and the courtesy to actually do that thing. 
Because we want to have your brain in a place where it is open and receptive and able to see more of the possibilities in front of you. And all of all of our human brains get myopic, meaning they actually see less physically. Our peripheral vision gets shorter, but also the functions within the brain become more limited when we're having a stress response. So we can't expect to do our best thinking when we're feeling really amped up. So the smartest thing to do here is to pause, right? And do the thing, the small little tiny thing that will help de-escalate for just a moment. And then we do the fifth step. The fifth step is to ask yourself a better question. So think about it right now. Who do you want to be? Who do you look up to? Who's somebody that you find inspiring? right? So think of somebody that you can hold in mind. Maybe you know them and maybe you don't. Maybe it's somebody you've seen on TV or you've read their books or heard their work in some format. If you acted 5% more like that person, what is one small thing you would do next? In other words, if I channeled 5% more of my inner Beyonce, what is the next small thing I would do Today. Now that's specific to me because I'm a fan of Beyonce, right? But you pick who you are inspired by. You might notice something about these steps. They're simple. They're pretty straightforward. It does not mean that they're necessarily easy, but they're simple. They are doable. My whole approach to making radical positive life transformation is that what's doable gets When it's big and complicated, we don't always have the chutzpah, the energy, the zest, or the time to get around to it, right? So I want you to think of something that's very specific, very small, and very actionable that you could actually do today if you were just being 5% more, right? Like somebody you are inspired by. What would that person do and do that? Because here's the thing. Building a career or life or relationships that are built upon what actually works for you that are built upon your unique truth, it's not always a glamorous or big or efficient practice. Sustainable growth in the direction that elevates you, it's not always going to be linear. And we've been taught that fast answers and quantitative outward growth are the best way. And they're one way, but if I'm being frank, All of this like need to have fast answers and quick do something and be the expert, it's brought us to where we are today, to a nation that would elect a president who wants to run the country like a business. (laughs) And then we get frustrated when we see that that means not sharing equal resources. That means just like in a traditional business model, just the folks at the top are doing well, right? That's outdated. And it's really a business in liquidation in liquidation of our energy and of our joy, liquidation of the earth's resources, liquidation of our ability to connect to one another or to what we really value. And that's not what we're trying to do moving forward. We are trying to create a new possibility for you, not liquidate. So we've got to make sure that we give ourselves the courtesy of these five stages. So we're not just burning ourselves into the ground or rushing to do the next thing because it may or may not be what's actually of service to you. So quick recap here. The five stages, the framework for transforming doubt into power, clarity, and confidence. Number one, we acknowledge that doubt is in the room. We might even celebrate the fact that you're catching it because it's a sign of movement. It's a sign of being called to open to something else. Second, we give ourselves permission not to know right now. 
Third, we consider what would help still the wild clutter of your mind. What would bring you 3% more ease? And number four, we do that thing. (laughs) We don't just think about it, we actually do it. And when we're feeling just mildly better, then we ask ourselves the better question. And that question might sound like, if I acted 5% more like this person that I admire or aspire to be like, what is one small thing I would do today? You know, it's not just long hours that make building a business or a career that you like a challenge. It's not just the energy that we have to put into relationships if we want to have good, healthy relationships or into our body if we want to feel good in our body. It's our ability to sit with these big doubts and these big questions and to be conscious of how we don't know how things are going to work out. We don't. But It's not the physical external effort that's the hard part for many high achievers. You're used to doing hard work. And so it's actually not true to call it hard work. It's long work. It might be draining work, but it's not that hard for you. What can be really actually hard for for driven folks is the slowing down thing and listening to all of our parts, right? It's not for the pain of heart. What I'm talking about is for the wholehearted. And I know that you can handle that. So the next time you're hearing some doubts in your head and they are telling you stories of failure and floundering, I want you to tell me some truths. Tell me about times when it worked out, where you were convinced it couldn't and then it did. Tell me about the times you have risen and I will show you a woman that will rise again because you have a pattern of reinventing yourself. And you're not here to destroy, my wise friend. We know that much about you. You are here to create. You are the alchemist that has been able to spin wonder and the unknowns into possibility. There have been times where you have dreamed of something and then you have made it real. And I am not being metaphorical here. Let's remember the wholeness of your story together. So post something for me on social or send me a private message. Tell me. What are you good at? Or who do you want to be? Or what are you welcoming more of into your days? I am here for it. I would love also to be able to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. So remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.